Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I'm running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. Okay. I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Jesperson You like apples? All right, welcome back to another Just Press Play pod. We are missing LJ, but we are joined by a special guest. Uncle Tony's back with us. What's going on, Tone? What's up, gentlemen? We got Pops and Tone. Pops, how are we doing over there? Doing well, doing well. Happy to be here. What are y'all doing? I, I mean, it's it's a big week. You know, it's really, I know uh, some, some drafts have started to happen, whether fantasy football it's is going on. I know y'all's drafts coming up this weekend. I just did one with my boys this past weekend, and so it's it's a big time. Preseason's starting to get real. You know, we're getting to week three of preseason where they might actually play a whole quarter. Some of the starters. So it, we're actually now. I think you'll, we're getting to the point where we're starting to learn a little bit. Before it's all you know all that coach talk and BS, and now we're starting to really get some information. And we're going to dive into a bunch of football stuff. But I wanted to ask you guys: Have you seen what is the big debate going on right now on the internet? Um, I don't know. You have to be a little more. I don't know. There's so many. It's, there, there's, a, there's a, there's a hot debate. It? There's a hot debate, and it's not uh, MJ or LeBron. It's it's over chicken sandwiches. Popeyes <laughs> has come out with a new chicken sandwich, and now no. they are really pushing Chick Fil A possibly for the best chicken no. sandwich on the on the on the board. And, I hope and so. Wendy's Wendy's wants to get involved too. I I will say this this new Popeyes sandwich. I had it this weekend because I had to try it. It's like a chicken sandwich on a brioche or brioche. I don't know how you say that bun. Brioche? I don't and, know how you say that. Whatever it is. I think everybody knows and, what we're talking about, but I can't say it. The, Texas Canada, they call it brioche. <laughs> I think it's a brocky. So it, brocky bun? No, it's not brocky. There's no way it's brocky. I think it's a brioche. You mean go, I but bet Tammy knows. You mean go ask her? I bet this, she'll well, This is where Hannah comes in and says, the word is brioche. <laughs> or, or no, this is actually, Tone, this is where LJ's here, and he may or may not actually know yeah, the answer, but, he gonna but he's going like to act like he knows it. Yeah. And me and me well, and Lip are just so dumb, we're like, oh, that must be right. He sounds confident. Hey, I'm just trying, like, to, I'm trying to build up my son's confidence. I'm not so dumb. I don't know it. <laughs> so Come since on. LJ's but, not here, I'll, I'll do the LJ line. So, so do you know the origin of the word, Brio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use it in a sentence. No, uh, that is that's the the hot thing on Twitter right now. It, it seems like Popeyes and, and Chick Fil A are like going at each other on Twitter, and Wendy's is always good on Twitter, so they're jumping into it. And it 
it's fun and games for everybody. But I will I, I will say this Popeye's chicken sandwiches, it's not it's nothing to mess around with. It's worth trying. Hey, well, I gotta say I wanna try it because I get irritated at Chick-fil-A. I got a cup can I have a couple of gripes about Chick-fil-A real quick? Wait, whoa, how do you ever get irritated at Chick-fil-A? It's like That's the best customer service be, around. Because oh, one, you cannot get in and out of there. It's so damn busy all the time, you know, that that they've got double drive-throughs that don't I mean, they work semi-fast, but not that fast. And secondly, I don't know. Is this a double standard? I go by there all the time and they're cleaning the parking lot and all this on a Sunday. Now, if you don't want to be open on a Sunday, if you want your employees to be off with their family, don't hire contractors to work on Sunday. I just think that's I think that's a little bit of a double standard. You know, I understand if they want to be closed it's on also, Sunday. It's a, it's a good it's a good time to, to clean the parking lot when there's no one there because yeah. they're closed. But though. they have a yeah, thing well, against working on they Sunday. They about working on Sundays, yeah. Those and are they're, contractors, probably. yeah, but they're they're getting other people to work on Sunday, so that just seems that that seems a double standard to me. So I wonder, I, was, I wonder though, they if do it's make like a good chicken where, sandwich, though. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's good. like where they hire, they you know they have a contractor just like, hey, once a week we need you to come clean the uh, the parking lot. And so the contractor could come Friday at, at noon. midnight. That's what they ought to do. They Friday could do midnights <laughs> or something when it's closed and and have a good way. Or they're like. Instead of bringing someone to work in on midnight, we don't mind working on Sunday if we can do it at a decent hour. So they just choose to do it Sunday. Maybe it's not like Chick-fil-A saying, hey, you need to come on Sunday to clean it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just so here's my, out there. Yeah. And here's here's my only gripe with Chick-fil-A, because you're going to have to add this to the podcast. The views of Pops are those Pops alone are no are no means <laughs> they the do not reflect the views of- <laughs> because Chick-fil-A is like a cult. These people come after you. If you say anything bad about Chick-fil-A, holy cow, they are it's just it's a cult. So as a chicken like, like sandwich. People that like Chick-fil-A sandwich. or Chick-fil-A yeah. themselves. Chick-fil-A yeah. that well, like Chick-fil-A, they'll come get you. And so I'm but I'm partial to Popeyes on their yeah, brioche that- bun. I'll say this. That's why <laughs> their their chicken sandwich and their chicken nuggets are second to none. But their waffle fries, yeah, they're okay. Yeah. You know, they're just well, okay. And I think Tony, that's why you're seeing this 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 big. It, it's actually gotten some. It's been on Twitter for all day and and a little longer too because people, like you said, as soon as someone threw out, hey, I'm j-, like someone just said, hey, I'm just saying, Popeyes is in th- this sandwich is in consideration, and the Chick fil A people were like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking? Oh my gosh, never, never. These sandwiches are the best ever, and they're good. They're I, good. I love a good Chick Fil A chicken sandwich. They're but good. I'm just yeah. saying, I went. Wait. It was on Sunday because Chick Fil A was closed on Sunday, as you mentioned, yeah. Pops. So I was like, let's go check out this Popeyes chicken sandwich. And hey. I'm just saying, it was tasty. That brioche bun <laughs> with that little pickle on there, and there, I, I, I got the spicy one. It's pre- pretty solid, pretty but tasty. It's a little pickle. Mm. pickle. So. We got to get into. It seems like we always have to do the weekly update now, and and we got a new update on Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, and his <laughs> helmet issue. And we actually, I thought that Tony's was here. solved, we, but it's not. Well, no. it's not quite. And we got Tony here, so maybe we can get some new thoughts on it. But it does seem. I don't know if you saw Sunday night. Mike Mayock was talking to supporters, the new GM over there that was formerly the TV analyst over at NFL Network. He was asked about Brown and this whole thing going on, and it seemed like. He kind of threw an ultimatum out there. Like they've been kind of just tiptoeing around it a little bit and just saying, oh, we hope we're ready for him to get back, ready for him to get back, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of said, look, it's it's time for A.B. I think he said it's, quote, time for him to be all in or all out. Yeah. So it kind of sounded like they're he's kind of getting fed up with it. So I just want to throw one. I can lay out a quick timeline or just Tony, what, what are your thoughts on A.B. and his whole well, helmet fiasco and, and blistered feet and everything that comes <laughs> along with Antonio well, Brown? I- 
you know, I like I two words, high maintenance. Yep. High maintenance. Agreed. They knew what they were getting when they got him. He's high maintenance. And and who I would have thought this could ever happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who'd have thought it? Right. So a guy, oh, he he shows up to training camp in a helicopter. High maintenance. So the thing is, though, players going to play now. Antonio Brown can play football, yep. and I I feel That's pretty true. confident when the ball game's on, he's going to go play football. The thing is, he's just he's just nuts. I think that he really does need to get a new helmet because I think he's been bashed upside the head a couple of times. He's kind of lost his damn mind. And, yeah, that's you know, funny. It's kind of like that's been a little bit of a joke, but you almost wonder if maybe wondered, he has yes. had his head rattled, I, rattled a few too many times. I, to me, it's just another excuse for him. To, I, I mean, just – and Mayock's going to say, and I don't know if we'll talk about Zeke Elliott a little bit later or not, but – I'm sure I'm we'll get sure into it. I'm sure we you know, will. But I – you have got to take with a grain of salt anything that a general manager or an owner says yeah. about a player that's not in camp. And and until until John Gruden says we're cutting him, I'm I he's going to be there week one. And I'm sure he. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's in camp Wednesday, practices Thursday, off Friday, and plays Saturday, and then doesn't play till week. One. I mean, it wouldn't shock me one bit. Week one, he's back, and he's still. I mean, I'm not. We we've talked about this in in. Uh, earlier pods and I'm, I'm not sure if he's the number one receiver but he's in the conversation and if he's playing week one i don't have much of a doubt that he's going to be really good again mm-hmm. yeah he's um he's, he's past the point of being a one a, a wide receiver one in the national football league he's definitely that has the ability to be a top 10 but uh, he's i wanted to like to rock. look at a little bit of just to for anyone that wasn't quite sure what the newer developments are in the whole helmet saga helmet gate whatever we're calling it these days he uh he didn't wear. He obviously had the problems with his helmet, and then last week he filed that grievance with the NFL. He lost, and then after the Raiders beat the Cardinals in the preseason game in Week Two without Antonio Brown, Gruden said, "Quote: I've got a feeling he'd play without a helmet if he could. That's just how much he loves the game. This is clearly a personal matter to him, and he feels strongly about it. We support him, but we under, understand the league's stance on the issue. So basically, Gruden's just not picking a side either way. He really doesn't want to talk about it. Was just ready for his receiver to be back, I think. And then as we talked about last week. AB was looking for a new shut air advantage that was made after 2010 because the NFL had a policy where you can't wear helmets that were 10 years or older. And Brown found a couple of helmets. One was made for some movie that was shown like in 2014 or 15. And so he found a helmet that was new enough that he should be able to wear, but the NFL moved the goalpost on him and they changed their policy again, basically going, look here, you're not wearing the damn helmet. I don't care what, what year it's built. Oh, and no, so I now, didn't know they moved the goalposts. They did change the rule. Oh, yeah, they, they oh, okay. changed it, and they said that the NFL policy has changed now to where uh, they will require testing of any helmet that Brown finds. So he could find a shut air, air advantage that was built yesterday, but if it goes through the testing, which even shut says that it doesn't pass the testing. There's just better helmets out there. They, said they, they even will tell you they make a better helmet, so that's why they don't make those anymore. So I, it seems like he's being dumb. And then so when the NFL changed that policy, the saying that it was going to require testing. So basically no shut air advantage is going to pass their testing because it's just it's a it's outdated helmet. And Brown responded on Twitter Saturday saying super, quote, super prejudice, unbelievable. And then that led to Mike Mayock's comments, which Brown was in practice today. I don't, the practice, I think, got canceled, but they had team meetings and walkthroughs and he was there for all of that. So he's back in camp. I think Tony's right. He'll, at the the feet don't seem like there's much of an issue. They're probably healing. He'll probably play a little bit week three of the preseason, sit week four, and he'll be back. And my whole thing with this, and I thought, and I think I kind of said some of this last week, and I know me and Pops, we talked about this this past weekend, but I feel like this is more so not necessarily Brown needing or wanting this helmet for success. 
because I know he says that. I think it's just Brown. He just has to fight something. He just feels like I think he's I can't just let the NFL win this, and I just want to be in the news, and I just yeah. want to. I want my helmet because I want it, and I think that's what Mike Mayock's kind of. Like, I, I think he's finally like, come on, the NFL's not budging. Just put on a helmet and let's play. And I and right. week one, Brown's gonna whine and moan and groan. And week one, he'll play and hell. He'll probably produce. I bet he catches a long touchdown because he's a damn good receiver. So, is that where, where are you at, Pops? You, are you just kind of over this whole helmet? I keep thing? waiting for John Gruden to go. You know, I'm going to only talk about the players that are in camp. I just want to talk about football. I keep waiting to hear that out of Gruden because I know I'm getting sick of, of talking about Antonio Brown. I mean, I really am. And, and I, Kevin, you know, I've said it on here. I, I, Really like the guy since he was a rookie, but he is about to get on my last nerve. I'm tired of it. Play football. Show me your talent and shut up. It was funny, Tone. I don't know if you heard last week. LJ didn't want me to even say it because he knew where I was going. It almost with this Antonio Brown drama leaking over into Oakland, it kind of makes you wonder if it wasn't really Big Ben that was the problem in, what? in Pittsburgh. Right, B. And it was Antonio Brown. LJ, LJ wouldn't let me wouldn't let me hear it. Wouldn't hear it. He wouldn't let me say it. But appreciate it. So. The other big news going on in the NFL, clearly, is some of the holdouts. And I just recently, I, we'll, we'll get into it. It's two big name running backs, one of which is Melvin Gordon. And he told ESPN today, or as of Monday night, he told ESPN that he is training rigorously in California and is staying ready to play. And he's, quote, just waiting on the call from the Chargers. The The reports that I've read that are the Chargers and Gordon are a, a few million dollars apart at it looks like to me about top running back money starts around thirteen million a year, and the Chargers supposedly offered about ten million a year. So there's somewhere I don't know if Gordon wants that thirteen or if he just wants to meet somewhere in the middle. But that kind of sounds where the issue is right now. Gordon Gordon's fifth year, if he were to play this year, he is set to make five point six million. Uh, that what what do y'all what do y'all is, will Gordon hold out? Should he hold out? Should he get paid that thirteen million? Well, I'll just start with you, pops. What do you think on that kind of Melvin Gordon versus the Chargers? I think if Either one, him or uh, Elliot, Ezekiel, uh, get $10 million, $11 million they need to sign. I really do. I think that's good money in today's market. I, I mean, I just think they need to sign. And I think that if Gordon doesn't sign, Austin Eckler, and they got another guy there, I think will – Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. You would know that, Kevin. Um, no, you did, is that who you picked? I can't remember who you picked in the draft. Uh, which we won't talk about our fantasy football drafts too much. But um, <laughs> I just think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine without him. I like Melvin Gordon, but you need to – if you get $10 million, I think you sign on the line and let's go fo- play football. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I'm with Lifford on that. I think the difference is, is that Melvin Gordon is not a top five running back. He hadn't proven that yet. He's been hurt a couple of times. He is a great talent. He is mm-hmm. in his – here's the difference in these two holdouts. Gordon is in his last year of his contract. Uh, you've seen yep. Le'Veon Bell Good do it point. last year, holding out to try to get that last year because that's his bargaining chip. He can hold out and be a free agent and go somewhere else. A la, and Le'Veon Bell may have set that market. We talked about this uh, a couple months ago. We talked about the viability of the running back, how long do they last. I think that, that Elliott is in a different situation. He's got two years left in his contract. If he does not play this year, he still has to play. He may still have to get two more years uh, in before he can actually get that uh uh, get that um, that type Free of leverage. So says, yeah, yeah. So um, you can't sit out. I don't think you'd ever, anybody would ever sit out two years and come back and say, yeah, they're at the top of their game anymore. So uh, 
unless you're Adrian Peterson, who's an alien. So anyway, um, yeah, right. He's not yeah, a human, not being, human so. being. So, but so for me, I think the Gordon thing is different than Elliot. I think Gordon is sitting on. I want this. I I, I suspect that they will because the Chargers window is small, and and honestly, the Cowboys window is a little bit bigger to be a Super Bowl contender. But I the, so. the Chargers window is very small, and they need Melvin Gordon to get there, and because they cannot go all season with Eckler and Justin Jackson and be the team they could be if they have all three of them uh, there in the game. Yeah, and I kind of – I think I agree with that. And uh, the more I was reading, it it does sound – I think Melvin Gordon is more likely to actually miss regular season games because, like you said, Tony, he, he has one year left on his deal. It's not two. And and he's going to want to get that one year – And at least if he's going to hold out, he'll come back, I think, and at least he can be a free agent next year. So he needs to come back at some point. But I do think he might be willing to hold out some. And the only thing I would – you know, offer some uh, as a, a food for thought form. It's just like y'all said, if they come out weeks one, two, and three, and Justin Jackson and Eckler look good and they're three and oh, I mean, still, I think the Chargers know we'd like to have Melvin Gordon back for the run because he's going to be someone we need if we want to win the Super Bowl. But if those guys come back, it's going to be harder for him. To, it's that month, his it, anything on his side of the negotiation is just going to get tougher and tougher the better the Chargers look. Yeah. And if now, if they look bad, you guys know it. If they look bad and lose a couple of games, a la Cowboys back in the Emmett Smith pulled yeah, out exactly. way back when, it, maybe it'll work out well for him. We just don't know. And I think uh, it was funny. I saw Philip Rivers last week. He was talking about it and he basically was like, Man, I want Melvin bad. I love Melvin Gordon. He's really good. But we got some really good guys in here. I got faith in them, and we'll see what happens. But tr- trust me, this whole locker room yeah. wants Melvin Gordon in it. And I think it eventually gets worked out, and I think he's probably just going to have to come to terms that he he wants that. He wants similar to what Le'Veon Bell got, where that was about $13 million a year. And I, he, he's I just don't not, know if he's going to quite get that. He's not a Le'Veon Bell, Bell back. He's just – I will say, so the Chargers took him 15th overall in 2015, and in the past three seasons – Melvin Gordon has 28 rushing touchdowns, which is tied for the most in the NFL in the past three seasons with the next guy we're going to talk about, Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> so with That's Elliott, cool. did you guys see the newer, the newer uh, kind of, I guess, new news on him, I guess a little bit is that Jerry Jones was talking to some uh, reporters on, I think it was Saturday, I believe. And they, he was asked basically, is Tony, Pow- Tony Pollard, which is the Cowboys fourth round rookie out of Memphis, who's looked decent in the preseason, he was asked if Tony Pollard is the best negotiator for the Ezekiel Elliott stuff. And basically, I think they were asking, you know, like we were saying with Eckler, if Pollard comes in and plays good, does that kind of help you not have to pay Ezekiel? And Jerry Jones answered, Zeke who? And then joked around. Like he, they just said, does that help you in the Zeke negotiations? And he said, Zeke who? And the reporters all laughed and had fun with it. And afterward, if you listen to the whole soundbite, Jerry Jones does make it clear like he was just making a joke and – he wants Ezekiel in the locker room, and there's clearly they need him and all this stuff. But since then, Zeke's agent told ESPN yesterday that he didn't think it was funny, and neither did Zeke, who found it, quote, very disrespectful. Is 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 Jerry Jones just being dumb with that comment, Tony, or, or what, what's he thinking with He's that? He's being dumb with that comment because, you know, it, you, can't, you can't fight a, a negotiation in social media. Just ask Kim Kardashian or Taylor Swift. You know, it just doesn't work. You know, uh, it just doesn't work. And for him to say that, I, that's just, it was just unprofessional. You know, you got to be the better man in this and say, hey, look, I don't want to talk about it. We're wanting Zeke back in here. We're going to, we're going to play with the guys that are on the field. And hey, Tony Pollard did a great job. And period. Well, and that's, 
Right, and that's what he did. That's the second yeah. part of it. And that, what he said in the second part, it was totally, it was well said. And he was like, both of these guys are going to be big for our success. Pollard's look great, and I think that's going to be huge for us. But obviously, we need Ezekiel Elliott in the locker room. And he even mentioned Pollard missed a block, and it got their quarter, got the quarterback killed. And he was like, that's why there's there's a difference. When you got Zeke in there, you can trust him, and Pollard's still learning. So he said the right things, but why why did he have to add that joke in there? And the reporters found it funny, but you know what? Zeke's not going to find Zeke, it funny when they go yeah. to the – and maybe he was willing to go a little cheaper. And now he's going to be like, no, yeah. I think I think that cute little me. remark by Jerry Jones, who's maybe – you know, I, I know Stephen had to cringe when he heard that, but that little remark is going to cost him a million bucks. I mean, or, or more. It's going to well, cost him some money. Where it's, and it may not cost him this year because I think Elliott's going to have to sign. And he'll get a better contract. And it'll be a, probably a two or three – there'll be some kind of adder to his current contract. But next year – or the year after when he plays out, that's when Zeke's going to be like, hey, Jerry who? I don't know who these people are. Yeah. I, they haven't made an offer. What do you mean? Why should we even consider them? And that's when it's going to cost him. It's going to cost him a running back or about $10 million is what it's going to do. Yeah. Well, and other players hear that, too. I mean, it is Zeke's right. It is disrespectful. Why Why make the joke? Why If you're... If it's me, if if me, if we're sitting there having a drink and we're Jerry Jones with our buddies, sure you can make that comment just being silly. But there's no reason with reporters, and you know someone's recording you. It just is silly. And I think guys are friends with Ezekiel Elliott on that roster. And Dak Prescott's like, why are you why are you calling out my guy like that? Or why you know everyone yeah. probably hears that and thinks that's that's not yeah. smart. And I I want I did want to throw out there that and I was talking to uh, actually Cody McGee. Y'all know Cody and, and Jim, but. I was ta- he he brought up a good point this weekend that all in all Jerry Jones usually has a really good relationship with players. Every time he I've does. heard past players, former Cowboys talk about him, I know Darren Woodson talks really highly of him every time he talks about him. Romo did last weekend. Uh, I've heard Emmett Smith talk how all of them usually say he's really good not only as an owner but he also tries to help these guys out setting stuff up for life after football and the business side of things. So I think he's a good player's owner. It just I, like you said, Dad, Stephen Jones had to be cringing when he heard that clip of his dad saying that on to a reporter. It's just, it's uncalled for. It's not professional. Yeah, um, agreed. Other news and notes, around, or do you have something, yeah, Tony? I, the, the, I, the holdout nobody's talking about is uh, Trent Williams at the Washington Redskins. That one's interesting. Yeah. Here's a guy, Alex Smith, your quarterback, got his leg obliterated last year, and and that's, I mean, that's pretty much the way to describe it. I mean, you, his knees torn up. His ankles. Yeah, it was, it's, it, it, was tough. it was tough to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Colt McCoy's leg got broke. And so, do you think you might want to pay your left tackle? You think that blind you know, side tackle? That's also really, want, really good. You just drafted Dwayne Haskins in the first round. You think you want to pay your left tackle? But they ain't gonna do it, and he ain't budging. And they are really. It is really getting nasty. And so that to me is one of the the silliest holdouts that they've got. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't pay that left tackle and move on. But Well, so something interesting on on that holdout is it sounds like Trent Williams has more of an issue. The money is one thing, but it sounds like he doesn't trust their training yeah. staff. Kind of similar to, I mean, for basketball fans, kind of similar to the Kawhi Leonard and Spurs thing where, and I think maybe it's, it's warranted because you saw, like you said, you saw Alex Smith's knee get obliterated and then Colt McCoy, they didn't. He should have got surgery right after when he broke his leg, but they wanted to. They wanted to not, and they were they rushed him back so he could try to play in case they had to make made a playoff run. When the the Redskins weren't winning the damn Super Bowl, and they definitely weren't winning the Super Bowl with Colt McCoy, 
but instead of rushing or instead of making sure he rehabbed his knee all the way or leg all the way, they tried to rush it back. And now he has a setback. And now he's not ready for week yep. one of this yep. year because of that setback. And so I think you see this and you're like, oh, so you're not looking for the best interest of your players. You're just looking at the best interest of the the Washington R words. And <laughs> I, the R words. <laughs> Yeah, the team, yeah. the team formerly known as yeah, we don't say that word. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but if you're Trent Williams, I think you're like, yeah, I also want to get paid. And it sounds like he just wants to get the hell out of there. And the Redskins have said they are not yeah. trading him. They said they will not be trading him, and it doesn't sound like they're paying him either. So I, I'm interested to see where that goes because Trent Williams has made it yeah. known, and maybe he's bluffing. I don't know, but he said he will not play another yeah. game in that. Yeah, uniform. that's a good point, Kevin. That, those so. are good good points there. That that if you feel like you're you know in jeopardy there. That, I, that makes sense, but well, and but if you're if you're if you're the R words, and like you said, you just drafted Dwayne Haskins, I would maybe want to get him uh, some blindside yeah. blocking. I might would sign Trent Williams. That uh, seems yeah. like it, it would. Right, that's a good point. Trainer. I think you brought up. Yeah, well, Trent Williams is a big holdout. You're right that people aren't talking about because he's not a skill position. But interestingly enough, I think left tackle is getting to be a skilled position. Um, so it's. it's Speaking of quarterback, we, we talked about quarterbacks being hurt. There's another quarterback that is hurt, and it's just another year and another injury where apparently Andrew Luck, they don't know how to judge his injury. Why does this – this was frustrating me because if you have a franchise quarterback like Andrew Luck is, and I think when healthy, one of – I mean, I'm not saying he's the, the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's one of the top quarterbacks, and I think legit can win a Super yeah. Bowl for you. And it seems like they don't know how to deal with his injuries. Have you what what are your thoughts on that, Tom? Yeah, I, I think for Andrew, it is he's just kind of I think he's getting a, a string of bad luck. But apparently what's happened is kind of like what we talked about with the R words. It may have been they didn't treat his injury the way they should have a year ago or a couple of years ago with the strained calf. That, but didn't they do this a year? Yeah. Th- didn't the same thing happen with his shoulder? And didn't well, the same thing happen? What I this mean, calf injury is supposed to be, and they're afraid to say it. It's this mylar something. It's where bone spurs or bone growths get into the muscle and so it's very painful and and so it, it's like calcium deposits get into your muscle where you've had an injury or or a tear so instead of the well i didn't realize we had yeah, doctor yeah, well, get in here that, just keep hey, feeding man, us some I just knowledge got back from austin texas the uh home office of prestige worldwide and if you guys need any kind of fantasy <laughs> football advice i suggest i can get you the number for prestige worldwide and they can, they can set you straight <laughs> But they the they 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 did a, a clip from the uh, Colts owner Jim Ursay, and he almost said the word. He said, "Yeah, it's a mo." He said mo- some M word, didn't he? So, he started so it started to started everybody. Oh shit! It's my alarm. What, what? And so all these guys started saying, "Yeah, if it were, I think what he's talking about is this." And so if he's got that, if they he's got a fifty fifty shot, they can let it heal, and he might be good for week one. They could go in and do surgery and remove him. There's a another 50-50 chance they could come back through the scar tissue. Um, it's just a tough, tough deal. So they're hoping that it dissolves and he can move move on with it. And he did practice, I think, last week or Monday, I think. Well, he did some he did some yeah. practicing and they're hoping to get a better evaluation of him soon. Yeah. Uh it just it's interesting to me. And I, I'm with I kind of heard some of that same stuff. And I was reading something that was like, yeah, he could be back week one or he could be back week eight. I was like, geez, that's a big, biggie. That's a big yeah, difference. Yeah. yeah, if they can't. And I was just looking at the timeline. If you got a franchise quarterback and you've already had issues before where you maybe didn't deal with an injury the way you should have. And they and now it looks like the Colts have finally started doing the right thing when they got Frank Wright and they got their new GM. Um, I can't remember his name at the time at the moment, but. 
They seem like they did better draft and they finally got him an offensive line and realized, hey, we should probably protect this 24-year-old stud at QB and stop just getting him blasted. And then you look at this timeline and apparently, let's see, the Colts shut him down or uh, April 15th. Luck says he's ready to get to work. On May 21st, he's absent for the first day of OTAs. On May 29th, still absent, but the calf injury is, quote, not serious. And I think at that time it was a foot injury is what they thought. June 4th, Frank Reich says he's not concerned. July 30th, Luck comes back to practice but suffers a minor setback and is going to miss week one. And then, like you said, Tony, then we get August 13th, Jim Ursay says he's dealing with a possible bone injury. And then maybe, maybe this (laughs) M-word. And now they're like, wait a minute, is this going to be surgery now? And it just is wild to me that you – you can't figure yeah. you just I think on April 15th, you figure, you this, figure out, this out. Right maybe then. maybe this is a yeah. tough injury and I don't know, but it sounds like he should have never came yeah, back to practice and this should have waited till this is 100 yeah. percent healed. And they got a decent back. I think Jacoby Brissett is a decent backup. So I think what you do is you go, hey, we, we want Andrew Luck healthy. And whatever, if that means sitting them completely out of all OTAs, all practice, all preseason, yeah, that's what we do. Then you do it. You don't even if he back, has to miss another don't. year. You've just said. I mean, he's twenty four. I think you said because he's, you need him for the next yes. ten years. You don't want him for the next two yeah. weeks. I, it's terrible that they get to this so, point in the season and this is coming up. I think what what you're alluding to. Why on April the fifteenth? Let's figure this out. Let's do what we got to do. But anyway, it's it's very crazy to me. And it, and it's it's kind of frustrating for for me as a fantasy owner because I was really wanting some Andrew Luck, and now I'm like, well, I'm kind of scared. I've been kind of scared to get in on that. So, Josh Gordon, he's fully reinstated now by the NFL. From and I, Tony, I think maybe I don't know if you've read up on it at all, but yeah. doesn't that mean like he's good to go now? I mean, he's practicing. He's good to go week one. As far as the NFL is concerned, he's good to go. He's still got several different uh, things he has to continue to do to stay active. Uh, but he, the NFL is concerned he is good to go. Now, the Patriots have put him on the NFI, which is the non-football injury list, so that he's not actually on their active roster yet. That's pretty much a formality so they can figure out who they're going to cut <laughs> until so they can put him on the roster. Uh, but, yeah, so he's he's good to go. Doesn't mean he's out of the woods. Doesn't mean things are just hunky-dory. He's still got a lot of things to continue to do for the NFL to stay, uh, right. you know, to stay uh, active. But, uh, yeah, he's he's back. I know I was listening to some – it was a young player who's been practicing with them because Josh Gordon's been practicing in Florida. I can't remember. It's a rookie receiver. But anyway, they had a quote, and they were just asked, how does Gordon look? And he was like, oh, my – the fastest dude I've ever seen. I mean, he just look – and that's always been the report with Josh Gordon. No one has ever questioned his athletic ability mm-hmm. and, and, his, and his work ethic as far as training. It's just he has the off-the-field issues. He has the problem, as Stephen A. Smith would say – he has a problem with the weed. <laughs> Can't stop the yeah. weed. But, <laughs> but I mean, what I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on if Gordon is back and if he's there week one and for the regular season for the Patriots, what does that mean for Tom Brady and that offense? I mean, that, that seems like a huge addition, especially with no Gronk this year. What do you oh, think? I, think it's, I mean, that is makes all the difference in the world. It's game a game changer. changer because, yeah, you don't have Gronk, but you've got, you know, Edelman back. They got this rookie uh, Myers, that's Nikhil Harry, and, and, who, Will and and oh, and well, yeah, well, they have Nikhil Harry, who's the first round pick, and then Myers supposedly Myers has been, showing, has been out. showing out, and then the guy, you is it Nikhil? I, I can't is his name Nikhil Harry, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think they've got some, uh, you know, they got James White, they got Sony Michelle, I mean, they got a lot of people that can pass that can catch some passes, and Gordon will be the best by far. Uh, you know it. Well, and it's what Gordon does even when he's not catching. I think you saw it last year, even games where he only had like. 
three catches for 30 yards. You got to be aware just, of him. Mm-hmm. He scares you. He scares you every time. You can't. And so, and especially when they were running the ball really good. And you can't load the box up on him if Gordon's out there because you probably want to have someone over the top of him. And that probably means one on one coverage with Julian Edelman on the inside, which he's shown that he'll tear that up. And then if one of these rookies breaks out, there you go. What do you, what do you think, Tony? Is this, what does this mean to you for the Patriots? It's, uh, it's a little damaging from a fantasy standpoint for Nikhil Harry. Nikhil's having a trouble. Um, there's a it guy, does seem like yeah, it. Here's a, someone who I really liked before the preseason yeah. started, and I, it hasn't sound. The news hasn't been great. Yeah, on it probably. And I've been listening to a uh, another uh, source of source of news, and uh, you know, it's it's been interesting how they've talked about how running backs are uh, taking over for targets for wide receivers, and so I think this. This news probably hurts James White uh, and to some degree Sony Michelle than it does anyone else on the team because you know James White was going to get or sh- was probably scheduled to get 70, 80 touches or uh, 70, 80 receptions on probably 90 to 100 um, targets. Now there was some talk that Sony Michelle was going to cut into that this year because he's been catching passes in um, in camp, but uh, so I think that's maybe who it hurts the most. I'm a little skeptical on Josh Gordon. I think Josh Gordon is probably going to take over that, um, not even a Larry Fitzgerald kind of role, maybe a, um, uh, gosh, an, an old, um, I'm going to forget the old Jets wide receiver that was tall guy. He'd catch 50, 60 balls, maybe get five or six. Ten. But when you needed a first down, there he was. Plexico Burris? Or no, no. It was back uh, in the day. thinking like Harold Lefer- Carmichael with the Eagles. Is that who you're thinking of? No, He was a no, Jets guy. He, uh, Jets guy, and he was how far I, back? Like, was Joe Willie throw? Who was throwing to him, Tony? Twenty no, twenty five <laughs> years ago. It'd have been twenty oh, years so ago. Yeah, I probably won't know. Yeah. Anyway, I, it'll come to me in a minute. But anyway, I think he's a 50-60 catch guy, seven eight hundred yards. I, he does mean a big deal to um, to to uh, Brady as a as a um, safety valve. Probably makes him more comfortable. I don't know how much it helps the Patriots offense. I'm a little skeptical for the Patriots this year, but see, it, I think really I'm kind of agreeing with guys. you. I think it's, I, I think it makes more of an impact. I, I do think it helps their offense, but I don't know what it means for him fantasy wise. He'll probably still go early because it's Josh Gordon and, and Tom Brady and the Patriots. But I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of games where Josh Gordon goes four catches for 55 yards and no touchdown. Yeah. Now he will have those games where he catches an 80 yarder and he might have those games where he catches two 50 plus yarders. It just, I think what he means as far as the defense yeah. having to stay back is more important, and that which doesn't help you in fantasy. It doesn't yeah. help you that he's drawing double yeah. coverage. You you want him to catch touchdowns. Yeah. So I will say this. I will say this, and you never can discount what Bill Belichick is thinking. They let Rob Gronkowski go and did not chase a tight end. Didn't chase one at all. At all. Uh, yeah. When whenever you think Ben Watson's going to be your number one tight end, yeah, I was about to say that's suspended. who they went and brought in was Ben Watson. You got something going on. So I t- to me, I it wouldn't surprise me if Gordon only plays. Uh, on those 30 yards and in sets, 40 yards, third down sets, when he's got four wide, he plays the inside up receiver like Gronk used to do and like Hernandez used to do. And he treats him kind of like Gronk, and he has 40 catches and 12 touchdowns. It's certainly possible that's what he does. Uh, but we'll again. It'd be certainly would have been nice to see if they do something preseason. We'll know after the first couple of weeks and have Josh Gordon on your uh, waiver wire dial or your your 17th round pick. Well, he's probably, he's probably going to, yeah, he's one of those. I think if you're going to need to take a draft pick on him, if you want him in fantasy, yeah. just because there's a possibility that he could be big. Yeah. And yeah, if he, uh, yeah. oh, and 
I did. You asked. You said that no one ever knows what Bill Belichick and them have up their sleeve. I did hear uh, he had a press conference earlier on Monday, and they asked him about Josh Gordon, and I he basically just went said, uh, "Well, it's uh, good to have Josh back. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope we get him in the office." And that was I, it. And they're like, "Does he look good?" He's like, uh, "It's good to have him back." That was it. That was it. It's like, come on, Bill. They never oh, get you anything. Yeah. So there's no telling. Well, hey, do you know who's calling the defensive plays for New England this year? Well, no, they lost their co- coordinator to Miami. So who, who's replaced them? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick oh. is calling defensive plays for the first time in like eight, ten years. It's been a while, yeah. yeah. And because they had Patricia, yeah, it's been a long yeah. while. And so uh, because old Greg Shano quit on him, you know, in March or April, yep. and yep. they just said, "Screw it, <laughs> I don't need." I don't need no stinking defense. You want the job done? Just do it your damn self. So I wonder. So the the reason I say that, and then we'll get off New England because we should never talk about New England this long. That offensively, they may not be as good as they've been in the past with him having to concentrate on the defensive side of the football. And uh, I know, well, but you still got offensive coordinator on the field there, Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels. I think there's still some minds. I think anyway. I think Josh McDaniels is looking over at Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick's telling him what to do. But that's just my opinion. But anyway, so So, we'll see. I wanted to get into a little bit with this with you guys. Uh, Speaking of the Patriots, the Patriots and Chiefs are the co-favorites right now in Vegas to win the Super Bowl at seven to one odds. Do you Go guys Chiefs. know? Could you can you guess? I was reading today. David Purdom of ESPN wrote this uh, thing about the two teams currently getting the most bets to win it all in Vegas, and that it's kind of got more to do with their what their odds are and people thinking they can maybe do it. Could you, Dad? Can you guess the two teams currently getting the most bets to win it all? Uh, New England and Kansas City. You're going to go, with, go those with those two. two. What do you think, Tom? Uh, Rams and Chiefs. It is the. Bears and the Browns. Those are the two oh, teams the getting the most action in Vegas yeah, because they're nine to one and ten to one odds. Yeah. Bears are nine to one. Browns are ten to one. And I guess people. What one? It's not surprising to me that people are buying. Which I I might be too. And I think I, I think I know where Pops lands on this. But a lot of people are drinking the Baker Kool Aid, no Baker Mayfield, the Odell Beckham. Uh, you know that Nick Chubb, Freddie Kitchens, and I get it. There's a lot of talent on that Cleveland roster. And then I, I was a little shocked to see the Bears so high after losing Vic Vangio, that defensive coordinator. And I I don't know. I mean, Trubisky's okay, but I don't know if I'm thinking he can win a Super Bowl. It, it, that's interesting to me to see them. But the reason I bring them up is I was going to ask, and I guess I'll, I'll start with you, Dad, because I know you may go Browns here, but just a team this year that you're kind of, kind of like during the season, we'll do bye-bye-byes sure. and all that. A team that you're kind of, you're kind of the, the Kool Aid's tasting good to you right now. Week three of the preseason. Uh, you know, I'm really struggling for a team uh, for that. I mean, New England's always one of them. For some reason, I do think, and I've seen them as one of the bottom eight teams. I do like uh, Deshaun Watson. I like DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I like JJ Watt. You know, I think he's got another year left in him. I don't know what this clowny thing's going to be. I think they have a little bit of offensive line trouble. Um, yeah, clown is kind of like what Tony was talking about with uh, the left tackle over at Trent Williams. It's one of those holdouts that's kind of not getting. As yeah, much but talk. but I think Clowney over. I think Clowney overrates himself. I, I think he. I think he's an unbelievable specimen, but he needs JJ yeah. Watt over there to take a little heat from him. And I. I think. I think he's being a little bit over the top. I think he thinks he's worth more than he is. But 
I really do like Deshaun Watson. I think, and I hate for my fantasy football buddies to hear me say that. I don't think I'm targeting. <laughs> I'm not targeting him for any reason. But, but I just, I, I do, I do like him. I do like. Uh, I think he can run an offense, uh, and I still think they have a pretty good defense. So I think the Texans might make some noise. I, think- I, I really do. I find that interesting. I like the Texans too. The only thing that scares me, then I'll ask what you think, Tony, about that. But can they protect? I, well, that's Deshaun the offensive Watson. line. What, There's some offensive I just line get issues. That they, and can Deshaun Watson protect himself? Because he always looks so hard for me to make that big play. That sometimes he won't just take the three yard check down, and he'll try to scramble around and make that long throw, and then leave himself susceptible to getting nailed as he throws it. Uh, what do you think about that? That that pick, Tony. I like it to some degree. Uh, I I had this uh, discussion with Prestige Worldwide uh, Saturday night at the Tavern uh, on West Sixth Street in Austin, Texas. I think can't it's to me. There's I predicted that New England will not win their division, um, and wow, I predict that. Uh, uh, I think it's. Can I take a step? I, I, we don't have to dive all the way into it, but who do you have winning the AFC East? Uh, the JETS. I Jets. could see that. I could see that. Whoa. absolutely. Um, and uh, huh. but Mike Gr- Greeny, oh, oh, Greeny's yeah. happy over there. Mike Greenberg. Yeah, I don't think they're going <laughs> to win their playoff game, but I think they win their division. And um, okay. but uh, but so to me, I like the Texans. I think they've got a lot of things going for them. Uh, you know, Bill O'Brien is not my favorite head coach, but uh, offensively they're doing well. Clowney, that they've proven that they can play defense without Clowney over the last couple of years. He's been hurt from time to time. So although it'd be great to have him, I don't know that they will necessarily need him to be a playoff contending team. And Deshaun Watson is third year now. I think it's third year. I think. Third year. Third year. So he's had a couple years underneath him. And, of course, one of those years was kind of cut short with the injury. But DeAndre Hopkins, all he does is catch passes, man. And He's just – he might be the best receiver in football. They added, um, they added Duke. Uh, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. Yeah. So, yeah, Duke Johnson. I think that's so interesting. I be I, a, Thought Duke Johnson was an underrated yeah, running back at yeah, Cleveland and for Lamar the past Miller three or four years. I, for all the people that talk bad about him, all he's he's just started for seven years in a row, and yeah. he's a solid. He's one of those you don't really necessarily yeah. feel happy about getting him on your fantasy team, but he solid. ends up being like a top ten running back yeah. or something. You know, yeah, he's solid. So uh, I I like the Texans. I, they're they're one of my. They're not my Kool Aid pick, but I, I like the Texans. They're they're not bad. Yeah, they're interesting, and I, I'm kind of like you said about Bill O'Brien. It's someone I'm not usually – the only time I'm really talking about Bill O'Brien is when I'm upset at some dumb thing he probably did, but I usually am not clamoring over a smart decision. But I think Clowney probably comes back. I think, like y'all said, that Clowney needs to show – an because he wants to get that big deal, and he's got another year left on his contract, and he needs to show I'm still that guy. And it may not be with the Texans. It might be he might walk and go sign somewhere else, but I, th- I think he needs to have another year to prove that he is that kind that kind of player. So he'll come back, I think, at some point, and maybe week one. Maybe he's just holding out for now. I like I said, I'm not sure about Deshaun Watson staying healthy, but I do think if he is healthy, there's he's got I don't know if Dabo Sweeney was right when he said he's got Michael Jordan in him, but he does have some kind of it to him where I I just yeah. like him. I think he's a winner. Yeah. And I think the players know that in the locker room and he's a leader. Yeah. So I do like that pick. But Tony, who do you got? Who whose team you're kind of buying into? The Minnesota Vikings. I was thinking about so, them. I was thinking about the Vikings. Yeah, and this is this is one of those yeah, grinder kind of teams, and I'm a grinder kind of guy. And uh, wait a minute, that came out wrong. Um, yeah. No, keep that in, LJ. Keep that in. <laughs> wait a minute, I didn't mean it like that. Hold on. Uh, I, I allow me to retort. Um, they uh, so not a whole lot of changes. They did. 
they dumped their uh, OC last year during the season. Uh, Was that D. Filippo? They are. A, yeah, yeah, and he's now at uh, uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I think the Jaguars. Uh, but you know, uh, they are going. They are a run first, pass second team. <laughs> However, offensively, they have the weapons you want to have at all those. The veteran weapons you want to have at all those mm-hmm. positions. You got Kirk Cousins, who's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's not going to. He's not flashy, but he's he's solid. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, great one-two wideouts. I love those two receivers. They you might be Rudolph, as good as you can get. Solid. Solid. You can get Kyle Rudolph, solid, and Dalvin Cook is healthy. Is he? And they they let they let yeah he is for, for, for now. now. But they let Latavius Murray go, and they picked up Alexander Matson in the in the draft. And what they did was they traded a guy that was a little bit faster and a little bit stronger than Latavius Murray. And I think we'll see if if you know not to. That anybody that's going to Little River Club go know about this weekend. But if you draft Alvin Cook, you better draft Alexander Madison because that kid is. If Cook goes down, he's going to light it up. And I think, but and they're they're on offense are great and in defense, defense are solid. They're really solid. Yeah. They're really solid. They have been really close to being uh, in the uh, in the Super Bowl for t- two years now, and uh, missed extra point against Seattle. And uh, I know they beat the Saints on the, uh, you know, on the Prince ghost thing when Prince came in to scare yeah. that guy. So Stephon Dix has scored. But um, <laughs> still, I, I think they're a team. I, I think they're right under that radar. I really like it. Nobody's really talking about them. Everybody wants to talk about Chicago in that division. And I think that uh, I think that they, they could come through and have a, have a big year. Well, I mean, and you're right. There's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of sexy about the Vikings. Kirk Cousins just he he's not great, but he's not bad at all. I mean, he, I think he can win you Super Bowl. He needs the right things around him, and he's got a lot of he's got a lot around him. And you mentioned that that the wide receivers he's got, and then they drafted that the tight end out of uh, Alabama, right? That Irv Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a real athletic yep. receiving tight end. And Rudolph's always been yep. a good touchdown catcher, yep. so I think he's got people to throw to. Dalvin Cook has shown, I think, if he stays healthy, he's a he's a very good running back, and I think they got a decent backup behind him if if he does deal with some injuries. And Zimmer's always been a good defensive coach, and they pretty much brought I back like that Zimmer. same solid defense. offense. Defense. It lines. wouldn't shock yeah. me. It wouldn't shock me at all if they win that division and even win 10, 11, 12 games. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if they get rolling. Yeah. I just think there's a lot on that yeah. roster that. that, that yeah, I don't like. think they'll have to win that many to win that division. I don't see Chicago being more than nine and seven, ten and six. So I'm interested. I don't know if I'm not buying the hype on him, but since we're in that division, uh, I'm interested to see how the Packers look. Aaron Rodgers, if he can be healthy, if he's I mean, he played I think he played all last year on that pretty much on one leg. And I'm interested to see how him and LaFleur play, because it, it seems like last year there was a lot more drama with between him and McCarthy than I realized. And that maybe a lot of people realized. And it sounds like. McCarthy was calling one play, and Rodgers was running different stuff every single time. And I think Rodgers kind of like what we mentioned, not not to the extent as Antonio Brown, don't get me wrong, but there's some high-maintenance stuff with Rodgers, too. And I'm interested to see how him and LaFleur kind of work and if that if he kind of lets LaFleur – because I think he's a smart offensive mind. So if Rodgers can go, oh, I'll, I'll run your offense because yeah. he's one of – he's got, if not the best arm, one of the best arms in the NFL. And I'm interested to see where they go. The team, though, that I'm buying all the hype in, and I'm I'm all over this year, and I, I maybe I'm wrong, and I probably will be, but the Carolina Panthers. I think the Carolina Panthers could have a big year. That was on my list. Yeah. They make me nervous, though. They make yeah. me nervous because I think that I think that might be the best division or the toughest division in football. I think that one's going to be an, a 
a fight. I don't think that the Buccaneers are going to win 10 games and go to the playoffs, but I think Bruce Arians is going to win some games he probably shouldn't, and I think they're going to be tough. And then the Saints, we talked about the Saints. They're great. I could easily see them having a chance at the Super Bowl. And the Falcons still got Matt Ryan, still got a lot. Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, they could be tough. They got a lot of guys coming back on defense that got hurt last year. But I just thought, and it was funny, I was just thinking back to last year. I think it was us three and LJ talking, and this is when we first realized our bye-bye-bye curse every week because the Panthers were like 6-2, and two, and all of us were just all over the Panthers <laughs> and how great they were. And then the Steelers crushed them on Thursday Night Football, like 38-7. to seven. And I think the Panthers tanked after that lost five in a row or something. But that was also when TJ Watt crushed Cameron Newton and his, I think his shoulder got screwed up. And I, I was actually, I was telling dad this, I was watching some of that all or nothing on uh, Amazon prime. It's kind of like hard knocks, but it follows him for the whole year. And it was with the Panthers and it sounds like from watching that and seeing some of the treatment, Cam Newton's shoulder was effed early and he was playing through it. I don't think he couldn't make any throws downfield. And I just think, if he's healthy, McCaffrey's a stud. Samuel and and like art, Kurt, that artist uh, uh, Samuel and mm-hmm. DJ Moore. I think they're really good if athletes Olsen's on got the outside. Some more tread on the tires. Olsen, you know, you one know. more run. They got a good defense. Yeah, I it just wouldn't shock me if Panther if Cam is healthy. Maybe he can return back to MVP Cam, and that's another year in North Turner's offense. So I think say what you will about North Turner, he's a smart offensive oh, yeah. mind, one of the I smartest. Mean, he, to me. The Carolina Panthers are the biggest boom or bust team in the NFL this year. That's my problem. I could yeah, see them bust big time, though. Cleveland, I could see it. notwithstanding because of the hype they've got, I think Carolina – now, the thing about Newton, he had the surgery, but he has completely changed his throwing motion. So we don't know until yeah. we see it how that really affects him in live gameplay. And the Carolina now, you, you don't I, – I, Christian McCaffrey is probably the best fantasy player out there, period, bar none. If I had to draft first in every league and every draft I had, he's my number one pick every single time. But hmm. I, I think that you're looking at Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are one of the – will be one of the top young tandems uh, on the in the wide receiver sets for, for years to come. Uh, both those guys really young. I think Greg Olson is done. Um, you got to hope that I think he's close. You know, he, he got can, hurt a lot yeah, I think last Thomas year. Can come alive if he can, but the only thing they don't have is is that when they're ahead by seven or four or three in the fourth quarter, they don't can't they can't really bang it run out and, and run, drive the ball for five six minutes. And I think it's going to cost them in two or three games. And you can see that's happened to Rivera several times. They get ahead and then they can't hold it. And uh, so I'm if Newton can can be that guy and can be the, the short yardage guy that they need, that's that's what he's supposed to do, great. But with that shoulder the way it is, they may not allow him to do it, and I'm I, that's just my concern. I hope they do because they're a fun team to watch. I really like them, but they're a big boomer bust, I think. Yeah, I, that, they do scare me because I, I think they're, they're at that point on their roster where a lot of guys like Greg Olson and I think – Thomas Davis on defense, and there's some others. They got guys I think they could be good, but it's they're getting close to the age where it doesn't – in football, it seems like it's quick. Once you lose it, you lose uh, yeah. it. And yeah. Olsen looked like he might have yeah. lost it last week. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see about that when our big boy or Jason Witten goes out there and gets his bell rung the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. We'll see. True. <laughs> Jason Witten with a full head of hair we'll now see. too, baby. Uh, oh, man. So that, that kind of wraps up our – did y'all have any other teams y'all wanted to just – Mention or talk I, about real quick. I do think the football. New Orleans Saints could be. I do think they could be good. I, I like Drew. They got yeah. Drew Brees. I think they got a better defense than you think. They signed Michael so, Thomas. 
Uh, they've got a they got a, a, a tight end. I can't remember his name right now that I kind of like. Um, Kamara. I mean, who, how can you not like him? Oh, they Jared got Cook. they got Jared yeah, Cook, didn't they? So uh, I do think I think New Orleans could, uh, and they're in that same division that we're talking about, right? With Carolina, aren't they? Yeah. yeah so Saints, Saints, Saints uh, yeah. Falcons, Falcons. Panthers. It's going to be a tough, tough division. Yeah. And the AFC South is always a tough decision. I think that's one of those where like a different team wins it every yeah, single I, year. Like, it, I don't think they've had back to back winners. The, for like the only years. thing I'd like to say on it, Kevin, you know, it's going to be a tough year in the NFL to find a to, to find that that team that's going to dominate. I don't I don't see that dominating team out there other than perhaps the Chiefs uh, until they kind of somebody, somebody kind of smacks them in the mouth a little bit and, and treats them rough, uh, calls them daddy. But anyway. Um, <laughs> they, uh, but they really look like they're set up to do do well, especially offensively. But other than that, I think there's a lot. Of another stuff team out. that interests me, I thought about. Yeah, another team that interests me that I thought about was the the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. I, I think they just got a really deep roster. It's, I'm interested to see what it's a wins better can team do. Than it was two paid. years ago with the Super Bowl. You know? Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> I, I'm interested. I, I think like as a Cowboy fan, I'm really nervous that the Eagles. I wouldn't shock me that much. I. I mean, maybe they regress, and Carson Wentz has kind of been one of those that's shown he's had some injury issues. But if if they're healthy and they can get back, like you said, they won a Super Bowl, and I think this yeah. team is better yeah. than that team. So it wouldn't shock me if yeah. all of a sudden the Eagles are no really, really good. Uh, you mentioned the Saints, so I wanted to throw this out to you guys. Is there any old quarterback or older quarterback in the NFL, since you mentioned you know Drew Brees, we talked a little Tom Brady, maybe Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. Is there any older quarterback that you think – we see the end this year, like we we because we we saw with Peyton Manning. I guess my question is, we saw with Peyton Manning where all of a sudden it was over fast. All of a sudden he couldn't make the throws. He had the brain, but he couldn't make the throws. Do you, we see that happening to a Tom Brady? A Drew, I, I'm nervous about Drew Brees. I guess is where the question's coming. Is there any older quarterback that you think maybe this is it? Uh, I, I will say I'm worried about Philip Rivers because that left tackle. He's got a problem at left tackle. Speaking yeah. of. Earlier yeah. this, uh, yeah, they left tackle towards ACL, I think, didn't he? So, well, I thought he did. Now, this is that Russell O'Kane uh, yeah. or something, but I thought he had like a pulmonary yeah. embolism, and I thought he was supposed to be okay. Um, but it's it's real iffy yeah. right now. And if he doesn't come back, I mean, uh, Rivers is maybe the least mobile quarterback, or, or he's in the running for least mobile quarterback. And I like Rivers. I, I think I'm on record saying that, but I I'm worried about him, and I'm worried about San Diego for. For that reason, that skill position left tackle. Yeah, I can well, see and they that. lost that safety. They, yeah. they lost that safety. Uh, oh, that Derwin, uh, Derwin James, who I really like. Derwin James. Did yeah, you hear the yeah, injury? Yeah. They, so they had more details on that injury. Uh, uh, it, they said it was it, a foot, yeah. a stress fracture in his foot. But then uh, Adam Schefter said today the reason they've taken so long to decide whether they were going to do surgery and they really have no idea on the timetable is because apparently he had a screw put in his foot back at Florida State and the screw is bent <laughs> in his foot. The screw mm. is bent in the yeah. bone of his foot. So I, he's going to see a foot specialist, a doctor. It's not James Andrews, but I saw some some foot specialist that was like known for doing work on athletes. But that that sounds nasty. Ooh, that's like that you mentioned. Just that, talking about he's it. a real mm. he's maybe their best defensive player, uh, other than maybe Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa. But he can't ever play as Tony, <laughs> as Tony knows. Joey Bosa yeah. can't stay on the field more than his, two quarters. His so dang brother's been hurt all. I think he's hurt again. Camp. Yeah, Nick Bosa's. Both I like the Bosa brothers. I think they're good, but something's in those genes. They they, those, neither yeah. one of those boys they're can stay healthy. Phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. Uh, WWF guys. 
Is there is there an older quarterback, Tony, that yeah, you're I, nervous about this year? You know, I, I'm really nervous about Brady. I'm just afraid this is I was wondering year. if someone was going to call for the end really of Brady. Afraid. And I, to Lifford's point, I, I'm not as worried about Rivers because Rivers is a big dude. And and he's tough yep. and he's taken some hits, but they've never been really above the, the to the shoulders and head. He's got a quick release. He kind of like Dan Marino. Dan Marino was not a very mobile quarterback, but you didn't get him banged up that much. Now, he, he was wearing, wearing uh, you know, body armor at the end of his career, head to toe, but he still he could get rid of the football so quickly. So I'm really worried about Brady. I think as you watched last year, his deep ball is not what it has been in the past. Josh Gordon. It did look like yeah, there were some times. I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned about Brady, uh, but he has proved us wrong. But I, these guys that say – they can play all till they're 45. It's always worse me. They play till the, the next season. The other guy, though, that I think yeah. everybody's going to say this and say, oh, man, that's is Eli Manning. I think we have seen – we're going to get to see Eli for a couple of games, and then we're going to get to say goodbye to Eli. Yeah, I think, I think the Eli Manning – I think his career ends. Yeah. I, I, yeah I Daniel Jones will end up being the starter before too long, yeah. and, and they'll move on from Eli. I, I'm with you a little bit on Brady, except for I've already decided – because I think I called for the end of Brady like three years ago, and clearly I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I've already decided then that I'm just going to be wrong on Brady. I'm going to keep saying he'll be good until he's not, and I'll just That's be wrong good. on it. Okay. And, but I do – there were times bet. There were times last year where it didn't look like he was able to get the deep ball, and that's – it's like we said with Peyton Manning, it was the same thing. All of a sudden, you just couldn't make that throw, and it, it happens quick. And I wonder is – Tom Brady doesn't seem like the guy that's going to play one year too many, but he might, and, it, and, and I think it's going to happen quick if it happens. So yeah. I'll be interested to see. So that'll kind of wrap up uh, some of our football talk. By the way, if you're looking to bet on any football this year, and the season's coming up, it's time to do it. There's new faces everywhere on on in the league, but there's the the place to bet is still the same, and that is my bookie. My bookie. bookie. <laughs> I know Uncle Tone knows my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. They have better bonuses, more prop bets than any sports book out there, bar none. And this year, they're hosting their first ever online handicapping super contest where first place is guaranteed to win $100,000 or more. And it only costs $100 entered. All you got to do is pick five NFL games each week against the spread every week. And whoever has the most at the end of the year will win the huge cash prize pool. I mean, my book is just a way to go. It's just easy in game, live in game betting. So you can bet during the game, before the game. You can get your next week's bets in. And right now, if you put in the promo code JPP, you can get a little bonus on your deposit, a little ten percent bonus on your deposit. Nice. So get in there, put in the promo nice. code JPP. You bet, you win, you get paid over at my book. Hey, Lip. Speaking of hey, getting Lip. paid, oh, hey, Lip. Oh, yes, sir. Can I buy a boat yes, with hundred thousand dollars? You can buy a hell of a boat with hundred thousand dollars. You can buy you I'm can in. buy a truck to pull it too. I'm in. I got a boat that I'll sell Where you for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Speaking of big money, I we talked about this, I think it was the last time you were on, Tom. We talked a little World Series of Poker. Mm. And I was reading this neat little article. Uh, Gary Gates, who used to be a senior consultant for the uh website Poker Stars, he actually reached the final table of this year's World Series of Poker, and he's not like one of the pros, but he got in. And he reaches the final table, and then he ended up finishing fourth, which won him $3 million. But what's interesting about it is I was reading an article where he was kind of talking about things that happen on the World Series of Poker that you might you don't notice by watching you know, the ESPN coverage or whatever, whoever covers it now. And he was talking about how 
a lot of players have backers. I didn't know this. And he said, like, ha- so having $10,000 to pay the fee to play in the main event. I mean, if you're Chris Moneymaker or Phil Hellmuth, yeah, you got $10,000 you can throw on. But not just any Joe Blow, if they want to get in there, can just throw $10,000. And so, like, with Gates, he had someone – he said people will buy their action. He had the po- uh, pro Jason Mercier who bought two-thirds of Gates' buy-in, which, since Gates won that $3 million, earned uh, Mercier a cool two, $2 million. Damn. But interestingly – he was saying that you got to be careful of who you do business with as far as if you want to get like, so if I wanted to go get in, you got to be careful who your backer is because someone has to pay taxes on those winnings. And if you're not cool with the person, so like him and Gate, him and uh, Mercier had, a, had an agreement where if they won big, Mercier would pay all the taxes off of it and then they would split it because Mercier's got the big, more money. Right. And he was saying that he's heard a lot of stories of people who had backers and then end up winning big but got screwed because they paid all the taxes. But then legally they signed a deal where they would have to pay this guy over so much of the winnings. And mm. so that I thought that was just interesting. And then he talked about mm. the physical and mental toll that it is playing in the World Series of Poker. And he's like, he was saying that you play 10 hours a day with a few breaks. And oftentimes he said you wake up at 8 and finish playing around 1.30. So when you finish playing, you oftentimes want to go straight to sleep so you can you know be rested for the night before. But if you think about it, you probably just got done betting millions of dollars, maybe millions of dollars on one hand. And now you're overthinking. I know me personally, I'd be overthinking. Did I play it right? Did I play it wrong? And if you don't, if you're not able to go to sleep now, you got to wake back up at eight the next morning for 10 more hours. Mm. I I, I never thought about the mental and physical toll that maybe being in the World Series of Poker could have. Yeah, You got to compartmentalize that, man. It's it's there, and when you leave, it's still there. You can't take it with you. And those guys, the big money players, we may have talked about this last time. They're they're different. You know, they can turn it off and on when they're in there. They're a showman. They're that's their deal. You know, if they can't separate the card game from the real from real life, that's when they start to get in trouble. Yeah, because like he was saying, there was it, it's if you're overthinking things and you're up till. Four or five in the morning, just thinking about how you should have done this or should have done this or could have done that or whatever. Now you're up at eight. Now you're in there half asleep, still betting millions of dollars. And you need to be there's so much they're reading. I mean, they're reading. Not only are they watching the cards and calculating all out that they're trying to, you know, read the other players and do all this stuff. And so you need to be focused in there mentally. And well, shit, Lifford and I'll be doing that this weekend, betting millions of dollars when we're half awake, drunk. So (laughs) I don't know. That's not a problem. (laughs) Well, maybe hundreds, <laughs> maybe twenties. <laughs> you know, the other thing, pesos. so millions of pesos. Uh, Sorry, pesos. The, the okay. focus that, that we were talking about, where you have to, there's a lot that you're you're dealing with while you're out there, whether you're uh, calculating out what what possible hands you could have or what they have or or anything like that. Is he mentioned the tape delay and that there's a 30 minute delay, and if you have friends that are there watching and t- that maybe are watching, sitting behind and they're watching the TVs or something. They can actually, you can talk to them at times and you can get like how guys played hands 30 minutes prior. You can even text, you can use your phone as long as you're not on a featured TV. You can get it from the table and use your phone. So like I could text you and talk about how maybe I'll be like, so how did Tony play that? What did he have? And I'll see how you played it. Maybe you bluffed or whatever. But then he said, if you overthink that, a lot of guys, they all know that you can do that and that there's that kind of conversation and people know how you're playing. So they might play every 30 minutes or every hour, like the pros will change up how they play hands. Like they, they know that you can do that. So like you, you can't almost overthink it by trying to use this tape delay stuff to your Well, advantage. if it can be overthink, overthought, I can do it. That's <laughs> yeah, right. right. That's what I'm at. I'm overthinking everything. I'm, you should have seen me last weekend in my fantasy draft. I overthought the whole what thing. What do you have this weekend, Liv? What's your pick number? I have 
Number four. Oh, I got number four. Oh. Four, 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 like Mo Malone. Oh, well, yeah, you won't have to talk about Elliot because we know Patty Mahomes will go number one. So you, you won't have that decision <laughs> yeah. to make. Number oh. five will. No, my, my first pick will be relatively easy. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, that's going to be an easy yeah. pick at four. Yeah. But don't overthink it. I, I just thought – yeah, that's why I can never be in the World Series poker is I, I overthink everything. and make, At least in fantasy football, it doesn't come back to bite me yeah. too much. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to, I guess we'll wrap up. How, do we have anything else before we get to what we're listening to? Do you have anything else you want to throw out there, touch on? No. Fantasy football's All ready right. to roll, baby. Let's get it. Let's oh, get it's, it on. It's a good time. I'm. Re- it, it's fun. Fantasy football's fun. And, and, and maybe Quickly. give me – Give me three weeks and I might not be as happy about fantasy football, but we'll see. Quickly, I'll tell you one quickly thing that I'm really interested to see is how Bruce Arians does with Jameis Winston. I'm really interested to see what happens there because Jameis Winston needs to do it now if he's going to get paid. Put up or shut up, Tom. And he's got the quarterback whisperer with him. So here we go. Let's. Let's see. I think that'll be interesting to watch. Yep. And I'm interested. It will be fun. So and, and then let's see if Cliff Kingsbury lasts more than a year in Arizona. Yeah, you I know, am, me too. I, I don't I am know. Excited to see what that offense looks like. There's a big difference between week one and week yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. find out what happens yeah. when somebody slaps yeah. your ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll wrap up, Dad. Um, is there anybody you've been listening to in particular for this week's you, what we're listening to? You know, this guy came on the other day, and it made. I'm, this is who I will be listening to some, and it was Lenny Kravitz. I like Lenny Kravitz. He came on the radio. Don't know if he was flying away or not, but I really like Lenny Kravitz, and I will be listening to him some this coming week. Good pick. I got you, Tony. You got anybody? Yeah, I, this shout out to my daughter Sarah. She got me for my birthday a couple of couple of albums, and I didn't really realize how much I like Stevie Wonder's till I listened to Stevie Wonder's Inner Visions. Oh. And that's the one's got "Living for the City." That is a hell of a song. If you just mm. kind of sit back, I, mm. I recommend to everyone just go download "Living Just Enough for the City," the long version, and listen to that. And it's amazing to me that the things that they sing about back in 1971 or two are the same things going on today. Just listen <laughs> to that song, hear what he's singing about. And then think about what what all some of the stuff we're dealing with today. It's pretty amazing. So, but that's a hell of an album. The whole thing. It's just awesome. And hmm. then what's the album? Uh, Tony? Inner Visions. What is it? Inner, Inner Visions. Visions. Right. And then okay. the other one is Steely Dan. Uh, uh, Can't buy a thrill. Oh. And that's got Do It Again, Reeling in the Years. And man, there's some great guitar licks on that. Man, that Steely Dan album is awesome. It's awesome. So props to Sarah for picking that out for me. Those those are what I'm listening to. Well, she was picking out some yeah, classics. Man. Hey, can I give a quick shout out to Tony, Kevin? I got to say, he he mentioned Vampire Weekend here a while back, and I've been listening to some <laughs> of those guys. I like Vampire Pretty Weekend yeah. a lot. They are, Tony, I appreciate yeah, you kind of turning me on to they those will guys. Be on the, they'll stuff. be on the playlist as I drive my Stinger GT down to uh, – down to Little River Club. So. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for my what we're listening to this week, it, it's kind of a, it's the end of an era as history's greatest song has finally been dethroned atop the Billboard's <laughs> Hot 100. I'm, I'm yep. pouring one out for Little Nas X and Old Town Road after Billie Eilish's bad guy took the crown now as this week's number one on the top 100, and Little Nas X broke the record with an unprecedented 19-week run as the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. 
Do you guys know by any chance? I didn't realize. I didn't know who was the number one song. Do you guys know who had the record before at 18 weeks? Mariah Carey. Michael Jackson. Tony is on. It was Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey and, okay. and uh, Boys to Men's One Sweet Day from 1995. So, And actually, I guess that was tied with uh, Daddy Yankee and Louis Fonzie's Despacito back in 2017. But uh, I just was shocked to see that. I, I guess it's been 19 <laughs> weeks since we were talking about. we A while back ago, we talked about Old Town Road and how it was on the country Hot 100 or whatever. And now it's just now ending its run as the number one song on Billboard Hot 100. I, I guess so, I'm, you know what? I don't know if Little Nas X will ever have another big song after that, but he's made he a lot of money to. off of Old Town Road. He won't so. need to. Old Town Road. So, yep. Yep. He ain't good He's shape. doing just fine. Mm-hmm. I bet he can buy a boat, He can Tony. buy a boat. <laughs> yeah, I bet he and can. And a truck to pull it with. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm going to remember that for All right now. that'll wrap up another week of the just press play pod tone we appreciate you coming on and talking some some football with us is a big football week and we're we're, i'm excited my friend anytime i know y'all got y'all got a big weekend coming up we're gonna see what happens we talked about the the start of the uh the the what is it called the razorback draft or what 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 do we call what do we call early uh, yeah, the Razorback Fantasy Football. We'll leave it at that. It has another name, yeah. the official name, but we'll leave that alone for this podcast. That's Razorback <laughs> Football. Yeah, so we, we talked. We talked about the start, and we're talking to two of the the founding fathers. So, and and we got another year starting up after this weekend. Man, so it'll be exciting. Next to week's see. podcast, the story should be good. Lifford, Lifford may come in. He may still be drunk by then. You don't know. There's no, there's no, all bets are off for this weekend. All bets are off. All right. Well, that'll do it for another week. We'll be back to talk some more NFL news and notes and, and, you know, just anything going on next week. But for, for, for this week, Tone Pops, peace, peace. out. Peace. Peace.